Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 38 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. Today is our first ever roundtable. It's a bit of a unique experience. We brought on Brian Cron, Dr. Mike Isertel, and Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. And the topic essentially was centered around the coaches taking ownership of client failures, the client experience, and a lot of the discussion surrounding the nuances of that and when it is appropriate to say, hey, it is the client's fault, which isn't very often. We really hammer on when it about the process of firing clients, reasons for it, appropriate reasons where you cannot, clients needs go beyond your capabilities. So there's a lot about that. We definitely get an interesting discussion briefly about mansplaining. That one wasn't sort of supposed to be in there, but uh, you might want to stick around to find out a little bit about that. And even a healthy discussion about the murky area about relationships with clients, like getting involved with, uh, if it's appropriate, mostly no, uh, you're going to have to stay tuned to find that out. So uh, thanks for checking this out and enjoy. Shut up and sit down. Yes. All right. Uh, hi, guys. Andrew Coates here. Uh, Dean Guido sitting across from me. And uh, usually our podcasts, we bring in a guest and chat with them. We actually pulled in three today. We were supposed to have four. Couldn't quite get the fourth, but uh, we'll figure that out later on. But um, today we've got Brian Cron, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, and Dr. Mike Isertel joining us. So not too long ago, Brian made a post, and it was about cl- coaches taking ownership over your clients' results. What's that noise? There, there's a dog and a cat. That's a good way to start it. It good. sounded like... That's, yeah, that's my house, man. Sorry. It's all good. Don't worry about it. It's all good. So anyway, popped it up already. Brian, uh, Brian put up a post about uh, coaches taking ownership over client results. We'll dabble in that. And then Nick Sorrell posted again, and then I posted, and it got into a discussion. Spencer's like, hey, let's do a roundtable. So that's what the fuck is going on right here. <laughs> so we're going to come at this from a bunch of different angles. Welcome, guys, everybody. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Good to be on. Cool. Okay. So uh, everybody else has been a guest on here before except Brian. So we'll, we're going to bring Brian on in the not-too-distant future if Brian's down for it. I think you and I already chatted about that. I mean, you guys will get to know a little bit more about Brian. Um, Mike and Spencer, if you guys want, oh yeah, stop clapping. Uh, if you guys want to know more about what, uh, Dr. Mike and Dr. Spencer are all about, they've already been on our episodes. So go and check those out. So let's start out with this. So quote, Brian, every client failure is on the coach, especially the mm. quote, the program was fine. He, she didn't follow it End quote. Yeah. You said yeah. wrong. If they can't, won't follow it. It's the coach's job to determine why and make changes. Brian, can you elaborate on this, why you wrote it? And then we want everybody's thoughts. Well, I wrote it because uh, I, I try not to write for other fitness pros because it's such a waste of time. But occasionally I, I feel feel like triggering them and seeing what happens. <laughs> and uh, But that is something that I believe. And it's like there's a trend about 10 years ago about, oh, you should fire a bad client. You should fire a bad client. And then it kind of went away. And now I see it coming back again now that people have these like – online training groups and they all go in and they, and they piss and moan about their difficult clients. And it's just, um, it's just the wrong approach to take. And it's what, it's what happens when a, when a coach is inexperienced and they know a lot about programming and stats and reps and what works for them, but they don't know a damn thing about what motivates their client. And it's always like, 
lifestyle and a person's like upbringing and their obviously like their work life balance those are things that directly affect compliance and you have to factor that into your programming and otherwise you're just well, you're just banging out a template so i mean there's nothing wrong with that but you you have to expect a much higher failure rate if that's your approach so that was my little my little rant on twitter so let's go to mike yeah. mike what do you think about this just on a surface level for yeah ownership yeah so i think first of all i think people um coaches complaining in public about clients is uh, ridiculously short-sighted and highly unprofessional Uh, it's absurd every time i see it i can't believe people just didn't get the memo you're supposed to get when you were like nine years old maybe about (laughs) stuff like that uh it's like the equivalent of spitting into somebody's cheeseburger at a restaurant when you're a waiter i you know largely harmless on its face, but it will have repercussions for future business. Um, and, Get caught. you know, a lot of, I think what Brian is saying is absolutely on the money. Um, I think that, you know, as a coach, you are supposed to do your very best job in getting the client fitness. Your job is not to shit out a program that may be good or maybe not great. And just throw your hands up in the air. Well, I wrote it. You know, I'm not really yeah. sure who you're telling that. Yeah. I don't know, like an an entity that's judging you. Um, you know, if if God is real, He doesn't judge you for your templates. <laughs> and I hope. I hope. Well, that. you're 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 the yeah. template guy, yeah. so you know what I'm saying. You're going to heaven real fast. Uh, like, if anyone's going to hell on templates and they were bad, it would be you. You got lots of them. Oh. Well, there's hey, I definitely are templates, bad. but no, know, no, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's but people pay for coaching. Exactly. You know, and you're supposed to, with any product, coaching for sure. Yeah. Give that client the best, and if they have trouble, you're supposed to try to do your best to figure out how much you can do, how much wiggling you can do to make sure that they get the best help they need. That being said, uh, I will say that uh, the, the people that are on the other side of this thing which I'm definitely not. Uh, I think every conversation has, every argument side has a little bit of a point. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think there is a, a, a degree of non-compliance that I would term intractable, uh, that you can't really do much about. Um, and some people are just destined until maybe they do some deep self-work or travel a little bit longer through life or get things that you as a coach can't handle for them. Yeah. out of their way until that happens they will not be successful in fitness uh, pursuits and maybe they'll never be successful in fitness pursuits but mm-hmm. none of that ever involves getting pissed and being like these fucking idiots <laughs> like as a joke to your other fellow coaches it's all super yeah. hilarious between us we can tell no count- countless stories of clients and patients that are like just unreal just pieces of shit and it's hilarious <laughs> and awesome but like as a coach to someone who you don't know for sure as a piece of shit yet you at the end of a failed coaching relationship, you should feel like the loving mother that has given her criminally prone son <laughs> everything and can give no more. You know what I mean? That sounds super fucking lame. <laughs> that's a good but approach. That's you should feel. Like... It's just a real. Just you should feel exhausted and upset, not like vindictive and self righteous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, fuck them. They just didn't know what they had. You'd be like, yeah. oh, I really hope that person has somebody that is able to help them. Maybe that's not me. Uh, that's yeah. why we brought you on here. We want to hear that kind of stuff. So the fact that you thought that through like, lame stuff, I got it. Like the mother, <laughs> the mother metaphor was exactly probably the best answer I could yeah. get on that yeah. piece of it. But 
if you if you're a good mother. I don't want to go not down that Not a Jewish route. mother. Yeah. <laughs> and your yeah, parents are very <laughs> Your parents are very good to you, Mike. I know like you're very successful, but they're very good to you. All right. Spencer, coming at so, this yeah. from a medical so, yeah. perspective as a doctor, an actual medical yeah, okay, doctor, which so, Mike is so not. I want to set the context because, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I my clients are my patients as opposed to like people coming. I mean, I do get similar people coming in for, you know, physique goals, but most mm-hmm. of the people I work with are, are general population. And so mm-hmm. I, I take great responsibility for my patients and if they fail it's it's a big deal to me so i i i agree with brian um on the on the surface uh but with a little bit more context i have resources to me that are beyond anybody's wildest imagines i I, so so say someone fails for me it'd be someone for weight loss say they're 300 pounds and you know a success for me would be at least 30 percent or 10 percent of their weight would be 30 pounds and keeping it off for a year. That would be a, a medical success uh, for weight loss. And I could help them conservatively with diet and exercise, get in the best coaches available. I think I'm a pretty good coach at helping people, but I have access to all sorts of great coaches if I'm not connecting to them. They failed that. I have access to drugs that I can help work in their brain. I have access to if they have some medical issues, I have, I, I have ways to manipulate hormonal therapies and things like that. And then beyond that, I also have surgeries that I can refer to my surgeon. And what's interesting, though, is even with all these resources, I have had not many, a few patients that have simply just failed. And despite, I mean, like, I have access to the greatest... And latest doctors and therapies out there and coaches and psychologists and yeah. so at, 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 and I do I, I like in those instances I do like just like what Mike was saying like a mother I You're the best mother. I feel like hell like good you know, good that's that's the point I'm getting at is that you should yeah not to interrupt but that, yeah, was, no, kind no. Of a, that was the larger point I was getting at when someone we all like part of my language like I've had many clients that have crashed and burned and it's like you know, and and it's their fault, but really it's my fault that I, I refuse to put it on them, even if they didn't follow their program, and I, you know, or, or they lied about their their intake, because it's still, I always put it on me, because that keeps, you know, that 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 little bit of humility keeps you sharp, and it keeps you hungry, and it keeps you wanting to get better, and learning about all the shit that's kind of tangential to program design and, and diet and all like the you know lifestyle stuff and habits and client adherence, all this other stuff that's kind of boring on its face. I mean. I don't know. Uh, that's I find that's what makes you a better coach is when you take these failures kind of personally. As long as you don't let it <laughs> turn to your horrible person, well, then you, you know, go and This is something that maybe Spencer could answer and, and maybe just have your thoughts on it. And we're talking about like you have all these resources. Basically, you have a bigger <clears throat> scope and you can access more people <clears throat> for, let's just say, trainers in general, people who have access to these people because they're yeah. in their lives for a specific reason. Where does that scope end? Does that make sense? Because we're talking about diving into all this other shit to fix them. Where should we stop with that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I actually, some people are very, very much saying, hey, you need to stay in your lane. You need to not talk about hormones. You need to not act like a doctor. And I think that is true at some point, but I think it's fine to know about those. Prefer and how to work with a professional because, hey, 
I think there's too much of a disconnect between uh, personal trainers and fitness professionals and, and uh, medical professionals and, and physicians. I think there needs to be this spectrum where, hey, you know, uh, this person trying to lose weight, they don't need to go see the doctor right away. They should work conservatively with, a, 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 you want to call it a lay coach. I, I wouldn't necessarily, yeah. some lay yeah. coaches are, are smarter than doctors when it comes to helping people lose weight. But let's just say that just for definitions. Uh, see the lay coach online. And if they fail that, then it should step up therapy to working also with a doctor. Maybe it's a registered dietitian. Maybe it's a psychologist. I think I think we need to blur the lines, but also understand our inability. So, like when I when I can't help a patient, I, it's gotten past my scope for a certain medical issue. I go, you know what? I've exhausted my uh, resources. Mm-hmm. I need to get a consult, uh, refer you to a specialist. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't just bam do that right away and and burn that match. I should try to exhaust my own resources, but I should know when to refer. And I think the same thing should happen with fitness professionals. I think mm-hmm. I think I think fitness professionals should know and understand thyroid and, and how to kind of discuss it enough, but not diagnose and treat and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, ask your doctor about this, this, and this." That mm-hmm. would actually help. I think it would actually helps me when when I get um, when I get patients from like RP and they go, "Hey, they mentioned you know in the group they mentioned such and such." And I go, yeah, that's actually a pretty mm-hmm. good thought. Look at this. Maybe also this and this and this. So yeah. I, I think the lines need to be blurred while also understanding our lane, if that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's so not don't, a good yeah. <clears throat> Don't uh, diagnose your clients with adrenal fatigue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and one of the good things we have Mike yeah. here. So, Mike, you, you've written extensively on a lot of this stuff and you have the ability to reach a lot of people. What's kind of your process for, we'll call it blurring the lines and finding a bigger scope for, I guess, everyone involved with this game, I guess? Our goal is to genetically engineer a gigantic RP octopus that eats the... Oh, shit. Is this recording? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Mike. I said that all wrong. The RP octopus will be harmless when it takes over. (laughs) Um, So, in any case, at RP, we have a multi-tiered system that leads all the way out to outside of our company. Um, So... At the bottom tier, so to speak, we have articles and my dumbass Facebook posts. That you can call that educational, but that's stretching the line of whatever. You're reaching is. people, though. If you like that stuff and you like some shit I say, then you get into the books. You read the books, and if you like what the books say, but you're not interested in writing your own diet or workout, we'll just stick to diet. If you're not writing your own diet, you can buy one of our templates. They're super cheap and they're super effective. But if you have any sort of complications that are outside of the norm, the templates are free, are not for you, and it's literally stated in the purchasing agreement that you should not be buying them if you have any kind of special conditions or if you develop any kind of special conditions or, or if you're um, really having trouble with the process and you need a coach. At that point, we have sort of a two-tiered coaching system at RP. It's not really two-tiered, but um, it's just sort of two uh, kind of sections. One is our sort of PhD-level coaches. And those people are super sharp and they know a fuck ton of stuff and they can usually help very advanced mm-hmm. cases of people that just didn't have success with the templates. Um, after that, we have coaches who are registered dietitians. We have like, I don't know, seven of them or something. 
uh, those folks take on the sort of medical kind of cases, not quite medical, but uh, things that registered dietitians are both solely educated to deal with, other than doctors, medical doctors, of course, and solely licensed to deal with. So if you have like Hashimoto's or something like that, if you're uh, expecting uh, a child or you're uh, postpartum or something, you go to a registered dietitian. Like, we do not let our other coaches who are not qualified on paper do, to deal with those things. And the thing is the coaches have so many clients, they don't want to deal with that stuff. They know they're over- like the thing is that when you once you become a relatively successful coach, you stop overstepping your bounds just to get clients because you have a lot of clients. You just know you're setting yourself up for just everyone's going to be hurt by this. You're going to be pissed off because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Your your client's not going to do it super well. Yeah. Um, if 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 folks exceed the level of need that um, a registered dietitian can provide them at RP, we have one on staff coach who is a doctor, a medical doctor Trevor Fentner, and he he deals a lot with super advanced cases. And for the folks that are really struggling specifically with like obesity types, so Trevor, like, you know, if you like need help with rehab dieting and you've broken your leg, he's going to get you squared away. But if you need some pretty exotic stuff with uh, uh, special conditions and especially like obesity fat type of stuff, long-term dieting, um, and you've exhausted RP's resources, we actually directly send you to Spencer. Which is um, great. So, because, you know, the Spencer is our last line of defense. If he can't help you, I guess he refers you out to somebody else, but... Does you're, Spencer, you're well beyond RP does Spencer buy into the octopus model? Like, is that what we're calling this? Spencer he's a will tentacle. buy. When he's he a tentacle of it. Beauty, when, you know, you, you will be a convert. You can resist <laughs> the octopus. It goes back long. Yeah. That's it. That's so that's whole... how we do it. And I think it's important that so at every pro- stage of the process, we're very clear about what the various products and levels of service are going to do for you and what they cannot do for you. Um, we have a lot of people that try to buy templates that are like, I have 50 different conditions. Yeah. I bought a template. And we're like, did you read the agreement? They're like, okay. And you're like, okay. You bought a product that you yeah. literally signed yes to something that was false. Yeah. <laughs> you lied on a legal document. I don't know what to tell you. But um, it, it, luckily it doesn't happen because you know, of the volume of sales. It happens <laughs> often numerically, but it doesn't happen often statistically. So that's good. But, you know. We can help you, and if we can't, Spencer can help you. And like Spencer already kind of said, if he can't help you, holy shit. Like, that's the whole power of Western medicine right there, man. Like, in bariatric surgery, Spencer may to um, – I mean, he might talk about this, but bariatric surgery combined with pharmaceutical anti-obesity drugs is the tip of the spear. That shit works. <laughs> like, oh, my – you have to be really impressive to beat bariatric surgery. Like, people do it. I'm sure Spencer has stories, yeah. but my God <laughs> – uh, it's really, really effective. So if you need to go yeah. that far, there are stages. I think a lot of the problems happen when overlap occurs too far. Like when, like if one of my interns, who's not even an RP coach, was like saying, like, "Well, you need bariatric surgery. Or Here's an at-home surgery kit or some shit." That would be a problem. Or you know, yeah. especially like I really don't like to see hormonal advice given out by people who are not medical doctors or sport physiologists at least. Yeah. They'll say, well, you know, like, I think your this and that levels are off. Like, well, the fuck do you, you know how many fucking pathways there are for that hormone? You know how many anti-antagonists and agonists it has? Shut the fuck up. Refer out. Well, and one thing I hear, and this is mm-hmm. kind of where we're speaking to the greater audience of people who are jumping into this industry to be nutrition coaches and help, quote unquote. What, at what point, <laughs> so you, but you, yeah, you've right come now. up with a process over the, the years, let's say, like that system didn't just come out of, the octopus system didn't come out of your head day one. Um, what part of that situation do you think that you're required to kind of tell people that there's probably a better way than just coming in to help people? Like, because everyone's just jumping in and getting their PN and now they're fucking coaches. 
when really there's a system like yours, which is a tiered approach, which probably sounds like a better way, but that's not the norm. Like, what's the solution for that to get out to the greater population of people totally. who want to help? So one sort of, like, it's not a formal policy. I don't even know if we have formal policy to repeat. Um, one of our sort of attitudes at RP is that we want to desperately to support evidence-based fitness at every level, and we never consider evidence-based fitness coaches our competitors ever. So, like, a ton of people that used to work with us work with uh, Mike Doyla. Do- Dola, Dola. Dola. How, how do you say that? Dola. Dola. We almost He's have fucking- him. Great. We were hanging out with him this past week, and he almost was part of this conversation. It didn't quite play out, but uh, and Mike's a great guy, but yeah, he's doing awesome work. So, like, he has he he's coached a bunch of the clients that used to work with RP. He's fucking amazing. I would refer my own fucking parents to that guy, (laughs) Uh, Brian, Spencer, everybody. They're all fucking awesome people who I wish more people work with. Our competitors are RP. Are very simple. Fucking Dr. Oz and his whole batshit crazy fucking Looney Tunes band of like completely insane people that make medical advice. It's just insanity. But that's our formal competition, RP. So we, I, myself included, mostly love to encourage everyone of every evidence-based ability, whether you just got out of an undergrad program, whether you never even went to college, help other people. Mm. But only do it to the level which you know. So if something you don't know about either try to learn about it or refer out or refer your pay, your clients out. But it, look, a lot of people don't have special needs. Trust me, the ones that have special needs will end up with someone like Spencer. They'll get taken care of. But if, if people are just trying to get in shape, even someone with an, in the middle of their undergrad with a basic knowledge of dieting who's not a fucking bullshit can help them a ton. I think there's like almost an infinite place for people like that in the field to make great money, be super successful, and help everyone. We have a, con- a fucking world that's like dying of obesity and shit. Everybody can fucking help. We're not going to be like, well, if you don't buy from RP, then you're fucking not getting real products. Fuck that. There's 10, 15, 20 other companies as good as RP out there. We're just trying to do our best. Fuck Dr. Oz in the ass. I hope I've made myself clear on that. <laughs> well, Doc, uh, Spencer was saying he was going to give him the double biceps on TV. We're just going to bait and switch. Get on that show. Show everyone you're jacked. Done. In. I gotta, Spencer. I gotta, I gotta, he had the double bicep. I'm going to veer this back to Brian in a second, but I want to get Mike going a little bit more. What about piss drinking extreme fasting zealots who uh, are uh, promoting your Say needs? something provocative, Mike. I know that's in your brain. You guys, you see this shit? <laughs> piss right there. I'm ending a 48-hour fast right now. Mm. Oh, damn it. Autophagy has been turned off. Fuck. I'm no longer healthy. The fasting thing is fucking ridiculous. I can rant on it for much longer. I think we need to get Brian. Yeah, let's, we'll, you know what? We'll come back to that one. Stupid. It's stupid. So, it's a total definition of a fad. Maybe if we have time later, I can get into why it pisses me off so much. Brian, okay. So a lot of this stuff... Because we ended up talking, uh, especially with Spencer, a lot of like medically obese and this sort of side of things. You probably are way more on the uh, dealing with competitors side. And is there anything that you could sort of say about the uniqueness of fitness competitors, you know, the bikini girls, some of the stuff where they bounce around with coaches and the challenges oh. as a coach to oh, I don't work with them. own that? You, oh, so you don't actually work with uh, a lot of that no, stuff. No. You work mostly no, with no. men, guys. No, I don't work. Uh, I won't work with competitors. Okay. Why? I've, I came from that world. I've been in that world. So, yeah, you used to be in that world. Okay, and so. I, I still rub shoulders. Like, a lot of them are still my friends and my homies. And, and there's a lot of great, you know, I'm glad I came from that world because I learned a lot. Um, but I don't want to, the competitive, like the, especially the last four weeks and that moment on stage, I don't want anything to be with. <laughs> so that speaks right so, to what um, I'm saying. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, I love the process leading up to it, but the, the whole world and the whole zeitgeist and the whole hangover after is just nothing I want to be a part of. So, but, so it still goes... I get a lot of people want to look like that, but I've all, I, first thing I just talked about it competing. I mean, unless they look like fucking Dexter Jackson. So, then I said someone who can coach a Dexter Jackson. So it still yeah. speaks to the same question. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that type of client and then the type of coaches who are working very heavily in those specific industries? You know, where's the line with how much the coach really does need to take ownership and they're just doing the bare minimum and not going too far? And then, and this is an important thing we should probably discuss, where does it come to the point where the client is just simply not adhering no matter what the coach is doing? Okay, so what, like, like, are you talking, like, from a competitive, like, contest prep? Yeah, like, let's look at the, the contest prep people. Yeah. Okay, like, that's it. Okay, so, what, like, how do I approach that? Or how would I approach that? I guess. Like, coaching? Because, like, the thing about contest, as you, as you guys all know, it's very all-encompassing. And especially with women, most of them just can't. Say it, man. It, you want to no, say they're fucking crazy sometimes. I'll say it. A lot of them don't come out of the experience feeling very positive. Yeah. Guys, on the other hand, tend to live like, oh, it's the greatest day of my life. You know, women I hear so often, I, oh, I love, you know, I love the training, I love the dieting, and, but I really didn't like the contest, and then they quit training. And then they got some fucked up followers and stuff, and they never go back to the gym. So I have, I have a lot of, like, former competitors I work with, like females, but, like, the, the thing I'm getting at is if you're going to coach contest prep, uh, that's... I think there should be like a whole psychological fucking course that you have to do before you're even allowed to do that. So yeah, I get the people after and either a mess physically or psychologically or both. I mean, especially, especially women. Spencer, like speak to that. You look like you had something to say about crazy. No, no. So I, cause I, I went through one prep. I can't, I, I wouldn't call myself a bodybuilder or a bodybuilding coach. I get a lot of people coming to me for that. Just, because of my shirtless photos on Instagram, but a I, lot. I would never consider myself an expert on that. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's a whole nother psychological war zone going on in people's brain. And honestly, and they're much, it's, it's different. Um, the thing is, the reason I get a lot of these people as well is because their menstrual cycle has gone. They've lot, they, their, their, their energy balance is so low that yeah. their body's shutting down. They also now yeah. all have height, like a, a, uh, subclinical hypothyroidism simply from the energy. They don't have what's called Hashimoto's thyroiditis where it's an autoimmune simply so low energy that their brain and their thyroid are not communicating anymore. Uh, and, and, and so I think, you know, when coaches don't recognize that or at least understand that type of thing and they just, you know, basically tell people to, you know, either adhere or get off and not understand the war zone that's going in their brain, like I said, I think that's I, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I with Brian. I think it's. A, I I don't like dealing with it, but I have to explain to them. Hey, this is yeah. probably not the best idea from a health uh, perspective. Yeah. I get it, your goal, but uh, I have to somehow. Yeah. I have to somehow convince them. Hey, maybe this isn't the best idea for your psyche or for your yeah. physical health. Yeah. And it's either. always the people who are like, when you look at them and you're like, man, you should compete, and everyone's always telling them they should compete. Those are the people who tend to do well. Like the people who are just like genetics, so genetically blessed, and they just have you know, you know they they're built for the sport. But the problem is it, it attracts all these other people 
you know, like, you know, myself included is not genetically gifted. Like it attracts all those other normal people who want to look that way. And some people can go through the process and come out feeling good mentally and physically and, you know, take their, their participation trophy and go, you know, I, I like that. And so many other people are just completely fucked by it, especially the women. And I, from what, in my experience, and I think it's the whole, just something, there's something to the fact that just the, the female metabolism just isn't re as resilient. And I see it time and time again, they do one show and then their asshole coach is like, oh, you know, we got nationals in six weeks. You know, you should stay on your diet and do that. And they do that. And a guy can survive that typically, but a lot of women, they just don't come out the other end the same. So, yeah, it would have been nice to have, you know, Sohee or another uh, a woman on, on the show because I don't want to like mansplain it or something like that. But I, yeah. I do it. This is what I see. You know, a lot. Yeah. Look, I. I grew up with He-Man. I want. I have body image issues. I always want to look freaking jacked yeah. all the time. I'm vain. You should too. Women have a whole nother pressure on them. That's. I'll never. Cool. I'll never understand yeah. it. I, I don't even want to try to explain it. I just know that it's a lot. Yeah. So uh, they feel. I know they're going to feel yeah. a lot more pressure to look a certain way, and they see these Instagram <laughs> models, and with their, their fake, fake boobs and their fake butts, and want to yeah. look that way and do anything. I mean, I get messages yeah. that say, "I want to look like this," and I'm like. <laughs> you, you get other messages too. People like, I like, I like how you're looking, Spencer. You married? Yeah. From all, my wife, all the world. Uh, take a, a cleaver to my to my scrotum. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Spencer's DMs are pretty full. They are. Right? <laughs> Probably from men and women. Yes. A lot of unsolicited. Dick, I bet you there's a lot of unsolicited dick pics in there. So. <laughs> Those are that's how you get clients. That's the model, you know. Just be big on Instagram. All right, so let's let's pivot into the whole idea of well, dude, I'll let you ask this one. Well, the firing clients. Well, no, we're we're talking about difficult clients. Like, let's just fucking say that, and then how do we deal with it? Blah 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 blah. So let's discuss quote unquote firing clients, and especially how some coaches, again, what this is all about, publicly speak about firing clients and how it often is stated poorly. Um, <laughs> So kind of let's talk on just the idea of firing clients. When when is it warranted? When is it not? What's our due diligence as being in this industry to make sure that that doesn't happen? Okay. But also when when do we draw the fucking line? How do we deal with it after? And like I let's go to Mike first. Yeah, Mike Mike's looking jacked right now, and he wants to say something about octopuses. That's how the bad works. octopus comes out in the equation. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just for the record, I don't intend to get off on a tangent. I don't think mansplaining is a thing. <laughs> well, my, we can start my, there. My, argu my argument for that would be overwhelming, comprehensive, annoying, and politically incorrect. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, is there a Coles um, notes version? Say what? Is there a Coles notes like a like a Mike has two sentences to explain it, which he never does. But like, if you had two sentences to explain mansplaining, sure. Um, nope. I think women have every right to speak about the experiences that men have with a level of assertiveness that at least tries to estimate the truth about male experiences without overstepping their bounds. Period. And I don't want that to be called woman-splaining. <laughs> so I think when the alternative happens, we have to understand that when men speak about what it's like to be a woman, they should be respectfully estimating what it is like. And have intelligent, very wise things to say. Your gynecologist may be a man. Your psychologist may be a man. 
Your father and brother and best friend may be men, and they have very insightful things to tell you about the general process of psychology and life and being a woman that you're going to go through. If you say that you have to be a woman in order to speak on womanhood, then great, you have to be a man to speak on manhood, which encompasses 90% of all world activities, is, is the definition of sexism and is probably not a good way to structure your logical operations. Great, great response. That wasn't two sentences or one big run-on, but I like it. Now, uh, where were we? Firing clients, yes. Mike, in a, in a unique right. way, in a unique Mike way. Right. Firing clients. I think at some point you make one of two trade-offs. One, you find yourself insufficiently able to help them anymore, mm-hmm. and you don't fire them outright. You let them go by referring them to someone else or a group mm-hmm. of other people, and it's up to them to take that referral or not. Right? If they don't take it, then they were fired. If they take it, they were referred. Mm-hmm. The other is coaches only have so much bandwidth, and if you're full – a lot of you folks are you simply like you know there's a waiting list for you or something or just realistically you can't take any more clients when a client has an intractable enough problem at some point you have to say am i using my time well by continuing to try to help them when clearly i'm failing and maybe they'd be better off with someone else or no one else and the opportunity cost is me actually helping other people imagine a sort of like a mcdonald's employee situation where someone comes up to the help or the, the front, uh, you know, cash register and they're like, Ooh, I want, um, uh, mm, and they do that. How long can you let someone do that until you're like, okay, sir, can you scoot over and just give this some thoughts so or next customer can order, right? Because there are next customers and they matter just as much as the current customer. So there's only so much you can um and on ah, the equivalent of that in coaching is you're trying to help them and it's straight up not working at a certain point. I think it's reasonable possibly to just call it and say, look, you know, we've tried this coaching relationship. I think you're going to do great with somebody else. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I've exhausted my abilities to help you. Or you can say anything else that you think is just going to make them feel okay and you and never be a dick to people. Be like, you're a fucking idiot that'll mm-hmm. never be – you know, like that's ne- never a good idea. But at some point, you just got to think, how many more people could I actually be helping? Um, and, and, and that's a thing. And, and because all people are equally valuable to help, you fucking just – blasting your own balls with a hammer for one client is the equivalent morally of you not helping other people. You know what I mean? Like at some point you just, it's kind of like the concept of triage in medicine. Like if somebody has a fingernail hanging off and someone's got a gunshot wound, you treat the gunshot wound victim first. You don't like try everything you can to get that fingernail back on. You know what I mean? It's just at some point it's a, it's a waste relatively speaking. All right, Brian, for you, maybe personal experience of what you've seen in your world about basically well, he basically nailed it. Like, if, once I can't help someone, you know, like I, you know, I had the thing about fitness is, and I'll try not to ramble. The thing about fitness is that there's this huge flaw in the human brain, and that our self-esteem is so directly connected to our fucking physical form. And so, once you get in a relationship with someone and you start helping them physically, right away you like you got this like fucking hot wire to the to their deepest darkest parts of their soul and they're like all of a sudden they're start conveying their problems to you that you know because if you help somebody look jacked or look you know whatever the fuck like fit their wedding dress all of a sudden now you're they think you know you can help them with all these other things that are way beyond your purview so i've i've frequently like i, I just the other day i had you know i, I had to recommend someone that you know if you need you need you know i, I you need help I say how I, I said you need help 
you know, help beyond what I can do. <laughs> and uh, I think he took it properly. And um, and I've also fired people when they're fucking rude. Because I will not, like, I just did this with a, with a rude to me, I don't care. Like, I'm, you know, I'm married. I can take anything. But, like, with a rude to my staff, like, that's, you know. So I'll fire people of that. But I've done that once in... 20 years. Well, you made a post recently. But it felt great. You made a post yeah. recently about, uh, this was what prompted this, is actually. Yes, he came, he came back. Yes. Because I, because he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I was having a bad day. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, like. Is that the model? <laughs> Facebook <laughs> posts that make him feel bad so they make a real change, no, no, no. man. Oh, no, his, I don't think he's that. His post was actually super positive. It was less about, hey, I fired a client. And although it was right. kind of poking at people who say, hey, I fire clients. And more about, hey, we talked, shit was good. It was resolved. I let it back in. All good. Yeah. It, like this whole, I don't know where this, this, this tough guy coach thing came from. And I mean, it, it might appeal to like 19 year olds and stuff like that. But once you start working with people who have real responsibilities and make real money, like they're going to fucking tell you to, to piss off really, really quickly. Like you have to respect people at a professional level. So, I mean, that's just me. Yeah, you know, in medicine, we actually have laws. We can't abandon patients unless we have uh, a good reason to, and then we still have to give them 30 days. It's this big legal yeah. issue. So, like, when patients are rude, they have to basically tell our front desk staff and medical assistants and nurses and me to fuck off, and they have to go all sorts of rants. Yeah. And then we can document it and yeah. give them their 30 days and send them off. But I'll tell you, you know, so going back to the bariatric surgery thing and pharmacotherapy, so I got a lot of bariatric surgery failures, and then I I do my coaching thing, and I do my medical therapy thing, and I'm able to get a lot, a high percentage of those, you know, what we call bariatric recidivism, sur surgery mm -hmm. recidivism, basically failures, back to further than any weight that they ever lost and keep it off. But I will say there are some that will defeat and become a champion of, of weight regain with that bariatric surgery. I don't I don't know how the hell it's even possible because yeah. that it's 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 such an invasive thing. I mean, I, you guys could show a video how they actually cut your stomach into a tiny pouch and rearrange your plumbing. And then when they those people fail, I I they come to me because they're like, oh well, you're the magician. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not a wizard, but I, I do science. So yeah. I uh, do science. I, I I try to coach them up as much as possible because clearly there's probably some psychological issues there considering that they they just ate through their their Roux-en-Y gastric bypass. But I will agree that there may be something about it didn't physiologically hit the receptors in the brain. So then I start doing combination therapy of all this medical therapy that hit all the different receptors in the brain. And even then, I'll have patients that somehow defeat that plus their Roux-en-Y gastric bypass and, I, and, and it doesn't happen very often. It, I only have like, I could, I could count them on one hand. So I don't want to say too much other than that is extremely frustrating. And at, at some point I just, I, I kind of throw my hands up and I'm like, I got, I got nothing. Mike, Mike is that you? You got something. Mike's got something. Um, Mike. Just, just, just on a personal note. Um, I have dabbled with uh, anti-obesity drugs before for uh, physique purposes and just more or less to, uh, to learn how that all works because I'll eventually be dealing with folks uh, in bodybuilding that will go that route. To say that these are powerful is the biggest understatement you can make. Uh, they're like being on a thousand milligrams of caffeine's worth of appetite suppression with zero other effects. 
you look at food and you forget why anyone ever even bothers to eat. Like you'll be at a restaurant. People are enjoying themselves. Like, oh, I can't wait to eat the lobster. You're like, why do people like to eat? Lo-? It just it just doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense anymore to beat that. You have I mean, incredibly <laughs> rare, incredibly yeah. rare. And there's like five yeah. of these drugs. So if one of them doesn't work for you, there's another one that'll just kick yeah. your ass. You can actually combine them, you know, and <laughs> it's like, so that's where. So there's a so clearly there's a psychological component that goes beyond my scope because I, I have to know psychology. I have to wear many hats. So then I get these people to a psychologist and they should have had it in the first place before bariatric surgery. And still none of that works. So at some point it's kind of like I don't I don't fire them. They're still they're still my patient because I legally I can't fire them. I just I just tell them I can't help them. And sometimes actually when I try to refer out, it makes them wanna just they, they get some weird dependency on me. They just want to have me. Yeah. I, it's it's bizarre. I can't even describe. Well, let, let's talk uh, about that though. So basically, you're saying try all this stuff. Like something's wrong upstairs, and we'll probably all agree yeah. something to that effect. Um, at what point, like you said, your scope? But what is the scope of psychology? Because we're dealing with a lot of life coaches and Tony Robbins, all the uh-huh. shit people that actually get through to that. He's not a psychologist. So where in do we have the responsibility to kind of learn that end? Because we break those barriers as a doctor, as being big like Mike and us as trainers, we break that barrier of trust and we can get there where some psychologists is just the fact of walking into a psychologist's office. You're already fuck, fuck that shit. Like who does it, who's this guy where we kind of break that barrier? Mm-hmm. What's our responsibility to kind of learn at least a little bit of that scope to try and make that change, if that mm-hmm. makes sense? I, so I think, I think the time to refer is if you notice like true uh, pathology when it comes to eating disorders. Uh, but I will say that if you guys as fitness professionals don't have at least an iota of psychology, you're going to fail anyway. And you're not going to have very many clients and you're not going to be the best. The people are going to move on. You're just not going to be successful. So whether it's scope or not, you're going to need to know, you're going to need to have behavior change, uh, uh, learnings. And, And it's just, it's a lot of it's like intuitive, you know, like just mm-hmm. having a good relationship, not being a jerk and just trying to help people yeah. solve shit. Yeah. I think like this people, is actually, too many people try to put too much. It, there is a science, of course, to it, but I think people, you know, the PubMed more warriors will go too much in one way. It's like, no, you got to actually, yeah. actually learn how to just talk with a human being and connect and listen. Yeah. Uh, and beyond that, you know, um, try to learn some of these, uh, fit, you know, motivational interview and all sorts of behavioral therapy change. Uh, you, you hit on a really important point that I think is worth stating in this, and, and it goes to the coaches because a lot of our audience are coaches, a lot of our audience are enthusiasts. If you are not making an effort to take ownership of this entire process, if you're one of those people who's really aggressively deflecting responsibility when the clients are struggling, that's a bad business model. You are going, <laughs> That is a stupid approach to take because you're immediately not working hard to keep existing clientele is a big mistake people make. They don't actually work hard on the retention aspect. They're focused on bringing in new people. Why not just pour a little bit more heart effort, try it from a different angle, communicate and see if you can fucking help this person. That's what I'm saying. We're talking that is intuition as a coach. Like we'll just say, Hey, do be nice to people and shit. When is it? And how do we educate people to not just the intuition, but the point that needle into actual consciousness of what you're doing and what you're questioning and what you're coaching. Like, how does that factor in? Because intuition is great. Like, that's why we have good coaches who don't know they're good. They're just good for being good. When do we kind of point that needle and be conscious about it? If that makes sense. I think Mike T. Nelson fucked up your brain with his RPR and cancer. But but like, is that an answer? Like, 
Anyway, you guys, you have some smart fucking people on this panel. Well, well I'll take a shot at that. Yeah, <laughs> buddy, tell us the octopus. I, I think uh, I think that um, psychology in fitness coaching, we have to remember what the purpose of fitness coaching is. It is to make leaner, more muscular individuals or something to that effect improve their performance. And in Spencer's case, it's to make people physically healthy. Mm-hmm. To that end, you need to learn all of the psychology that is facilitative to that, but not any psychology that is on its own branch of psychology. So insofar as I can, in relatively simple ways, get you where you need to be psychologically in order to pull off this fitness thing, great. And that can take quite a bit of psychology. But as soon as you're turned into life coach or whatever dumb shit, then (laughs) you start telling people – you start altering their psychology simply for the purpose of altering their psychology. Like as soon as you say, well, listen, my job's not – to just give you a better body it's to make you happy deep down inside like no false that's not your job that's a psychologist's job or you know if you want that job go get the relevant degrees and certifications you'll be a fucking unbelievable psychologist because you already give a lot of a shit but so if the psychology is good enough uh to make that person open up and get achieve the fitness or the medical outcomes they want awesome but as soon as it turns into its own practice you got to ask yourself at what point you're just you're just scope creeping like crazy and at what point you could be harming people because fuck man I'm not like qualified to do psychoanalysis and tell you why the fuck you're a piece of shit like I'll probably get that <laughs> wrong I'm a piece mm. of shit my life's fucked up I'm not in no position to help you I'm not educated in the stuff so <laughs> you got to be because people you know psychology another thing too fitness if you fuck someone over they get fat they get lean whatever you don't fucking tamper with people's brains being like, well, I think this is the way shit goes. Well, like, eh, you got to do a little bit better than that. That's why psychologists and psychiatrists are licensed. So I'll say that. If it's for its own sake, yeah. you're scope creep for a fitness coach. If it's to get people fit, to get rid of some pretty relatively, mm-hmm. maybe not simple, but understand, understood issues out of the way, I think it's great. Yeah, you have to acknowledge, though, and this is the reason that if you've looked over the last 20, 30 years, the reason that so many life coaches – started out in the fitness industry is you know everyone's like oh it's because they're pieces of shit to begin with and they take this phony job and then they can't you know (laughs) and it's all smoke and mirrors and they just go to bigger and bigger stages of smoke and mirrors and yeah there's something to that but if you look at the principles the real principles of improving your body what is it it's discipline commitment time management focus delaying gratification being like focused on what really matters if you take those principles and you master them, now apply them to something else, very impressive things can happen. And just look at fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, So that's where the seduction comes in is people master these principles and develop their bodies. And they're like, holy shit, like I'm, I'm like fucking Yoda now. I can do all these things. And they, and they apply it to something in their professional life and things blossom. And then they get this kind of, you know, if they're, if they're shady, they get drunk on the power and they try to like, do other stuff, but Dark side. I'm a firm believer that if you drill those principles into people at the fitness level, that you are really giving them a lot of tools to improve in other areas of their life. You just can't fucking, you know, it's all how you market it, I guess, but Dr. Funkwad. Yeah. That's right. what I think. Right. Sorry, that, that's, that's Spencer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other guys probably might not remember that, but it was in yeah, Spencer's episode. Someone called him Dr. Fuckwad on Instagram, and we used it as the title. Sweet. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like literally my. It was. I saved that and I was like, "This is a great." Back to fuck water. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, no, I, I don't really have anything to. Add. I liked Mike. Mike's answer about like, look, yeah. yeah, you need to know behavior change for fitness. You're you're a fitness coach, and if like I said, if if you're not, I I see some of these guys out there. They're very good at getting people into their um. What do you what do you call them? Sales funnel. They're good at getting new customers in. But they're not the greatest at retaining people, and the best businesses that I see in our little circle, RP, um, uh, Stronger You, you know, they're getting results. They're they're trying to help. With you either learn and grow, or you or you're gonna be out. You're gonna be like uh, freaking Polaroid pictures. You know, you're, you're done. You better evolve. Real quick. All right. What are some client behaviors that? are non-starters stuff that you would quote fire a client over what what's kind of a, a list of stuff that okay when the client crosses this line then you know you probably are better off severing that relationship who wants to start i start if you guys want <laughs> mike you might as well start you always give a good little antidote to this kind of thing bullshit um um, I think everyone's non-starter short of being a registered dietitian, medical doctor, a clinical psychologist, psychiatrist should be um, formally diagnosed eating disorder um, or current obvious uh, pattern of eating disorder, not disordered eating patterns, which can be subclinical and be somebody careful can work with someone. But there's a, a not so there's a, a not so fine line. That's actually a pretty obvious line when you get into the literature about what a real eating disorder looks like. And that's uh, mm -hmm. you just cut it off right at the pass. It's much more for them than for you. You could suck money out of them for years <laughs> if you want as a coach, but you um, you're fucking them really really badly over. They need real the kind of help that only psychologists can can give mm -hmm. you. Another one, and this isn't a. Um, a non-starter, it's a segue into conversation that becomes a, a test of if we're going to continue as a realism of goal <laughs> or expectation with the process. Some people, you'll just never get to calibrate to what you can offer them. Like, uh, you know, it's like a 16-year-old kid approaches you in the gym. is like, I want you to train me. You're like, sweet. What do you want to do? I want to be an IFBB pro. <laughs> All right, kid. Fuck out of here. You know, like, but like, it's just one of these things where it's like, okay. Here's what I can give you. What do you think about that? Here's what I can give you in three months. I can give you some muscle, lose some fat. If they're like, no, I want to turn pro, you'd be like, I, I, I just can't give you that, so I'm sorry, I can't do it. And it just uh, rates of weight loss and stuff, like uh, like Spencer mentioned, you know, people hit him up on Instagram, and be like, I want to look like this model, and you're like, okay, I, I cannot make you look like this model because you need to have your hips physically widened or shortened and ribs removed. And limb lengths change. So unless you go to Japan and get experimental surgery, I end up for you, right? You have to agree as a client and coach on at least short-term goals. And if you can't do that, you're in an impasse and you have to say, hey, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Maybe some other folks can help you. What you want, I can't give you. It's like, the, hey, I need to lose. It's like October and it's like, I need to lose 75 pounds before Thanksgiving. Like, I, I'm not going to start working with you on that circumstance. Those are the two things in mind. Brian? Yeah. Spencer, yeah, yeah, so so I get a lot of people messaging me about uh, certain things. Like, I want you to be my doctor. Can you think you can help me? I go, well, before you sign up, before you sign up to even consult with me, give me a overview, and I will let you know. Like, I don't want your money. I don't want to do a consult and have this awkward thing where I just have to tell you. I I'll know pretty quickly, and I'll get people in coming in that 
Mm-hmm. They just don't believe in science. They want me to. They want me to basically prescribe uh, voodoo stuff. You know, like a lot of it stuff gets around thyroid and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just tell them, hey, I, I don't think I could help you. Um, uh, better luck with somebody else. In some, obviously, a, a nicer way of, of saying yeah. that, but. That's where I draw my eye. I, I'm not going to be like this doctor that just will do anything just to make some extra money. I just, you know, Hippocratic Oath, I'm not going to do harm. So that's that's my nonsense. Brian. Brian. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... You started I kind it of blessed, Yeah. I don't know. I kind of blessed that I get... You know, most people who kind of reach out to me are kind of the clients I want. So, I mean, but... Uh, I don't know. I just I can screen people pretty good on the way in, and I don't really take anybody on until I talk to them live, not just go through a bunch of online screening. I find once you actually speak to somebody, that's pro- that's probably the most important part of the process is speaking to somebody and hearing their real motivations. Because everyone's always like, for me, I used to always hear, "Oh, I just want to be healthy." Like I'd see that on my assessment forms, and then I fucking talk to them, and it's like, "Well, I want to look like this, and I want to develop this." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, here we go." You know, but what's that screen so, I mean, though? I, so like you have so a screen, kind of, like what's the like, screening that like, what are you looking for in that screen to say, probably not. Yes. No. Like, I can maybe get you there. I, contest prep is a no. Yeah. Uh, I want to look like I can, I can compete. That's a yes. Um, but it's just, you know, any special needs or anything like that, there's people much better at it than me. I just prefer them out. Um, so the better job I do screening on the front end, the less kind of firing that I've had to do, which is why I've only quote unquote fired two people and one came back. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all, it's all work that you have to do on the front end. And it's, nobody wants to, get, nobody wants to talk to their clients anymore, especially online coaches. They want to do everything online and I get it. It's a huge time suck, but that hour you spend, especially when they first sign up is, uh, God, it just, it, it increases your results. Like you get so less troubleshooting and you can like, just tweak things so much faster. I mean, I think there's one thing that I'm good at. It's getting people on the right program that matches their lifestyle and their experience towards their goal, as opposed to well, this, you know, this magic program works, do this, you know, we'll assess it in two months. You know, I think there's one really important thing that we should touch on. And of course our missing guest today, and it's my fault for not emailing her is Sohila you. So we wanted to have a, a woman on here, but as hold on, let me, let me well, Mike this. had something to say. Oh shit, I didn't see him there. You said Mike is super fast. Go go go. Hey Brian, what do you think the chances of that one client that hadn't come back that you fired? Yeah. That right now, as we're recording this, <laughs> he is in Oregon in the woods in a cabin <laughs> making homemade explosive devices while chanting your name. Go. <laughs> well, well, I'd be flattered if, as long as he <laughs> as long as he spells my name correctly. You know, it's with a Y. And he doesn't like mail the bomb to, you know, it's very select places I'd like him to mail the bomb to. Like no innocent people. Like no. Give like, him an address. You might as well give him an address right now. Like, yeah, I'll, give, I'll give him a Canadian address. And <laughs> <no one cares. laughs> Thank you. That was it. Sorry. Okay. So it's the whole idea of uh, that. I have a bunch of female friends who are coaches who have had uncomfortable encounters with male clients who have gotten a little bit attached or inappropriate. And I think it's very clear to say that that is a very appropriate place to tactfully, but aggressively sever that relationship. I think the reverse, 
I, I have had female clients who have been flirtatious. I think it's very important that male, male trainers are not the kind of assholes that turn around and start sleeping with their clients. That is something that drives me fucking crazy. I hate that shit. I hear about it and I get angry. Don't do it. Or if you're going to do it, do it. Chad Lander says, if you're going to sleep with a client, marry them. That was actually a quote in a presentation of his. <laughs> but um, anyway, but when it comes to like female coaches, and if you have really uncomfortable shit where your male clients are being inappropriate, crossing lines, I think that's a very appropriate place to say, yeah, I'm sorry, but this, I won't be able to continue on as your trainer. And hopefully it's that simple. Was, yeah. was that a question? Yeah. No, that was actually just a statement. No, that's, oh. that's so in, in medical school and throughout training, that is ingrained to us. We can lose our licenses. I mean, it's pretty much if, if you, you, if there ever were to come of something, you see this uh, patient out and they're coming on to you, you're, you're really not even supposed to, you'd have to end that patient relationship there. But even still, you're, you, you have this power over the, over patients that, Ethically, you, sh you just shouldn't even do it. So I think that should extend to trainers because you do. You have this different power over them. You're their coach, and you shouldn't take advantage and use it uh, uh, in a predator type of style. So I can I play devil's advocate to this for a little bit? Yeah. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Take it on. Yeah. So, uh, so to be clear, I don't uh, currently ha – what's like, – I have like one client, I think. I do mostly data stuff for RP now, so I don't – I don't coach clients. Um, I used to a ton. And um, so so where is this line between meeting someone through a coaching relationship that is another professionally successful independent person who chooses you and you end up having a romantic interaction with them on morally no weird grounds, you're single, they're single – and it doesn't work out, and then another person of equal or greater appeal comes to you later through the same coaching relationship, and because you didn't marry the first one, are you not supposed to engage in further? Um, I understand that all the scummy stuff is absolutely yeah. off, and, but there is a, a case, let's say that you are a male coach, just to make this nice and asymmetrical dynamic, um, let's say you're a male coach, we can all see the female client that you help get into shape for the first time and you you know she has a you know a, a, an undergrad or no degree at all and you have 50 phds and you're the super sought after person and just the starry eyes and you're going to break her heart in a million fucking pieces with one night stand i get it shitty 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 but what about if you are the one with a bachelor's degree you're a coach and you're an online coach for someone who uh, lives in London and is in charge of 50 lawyers and makes $7,500 uh, uh, a year. And she's like, hey, so I love the conversation we'll be having. I want to meet you when you come to London. And you're like, but, 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 but these guys on a podcast said that. He's like, you shut your <laughs> fucking mouth. It. We're meeting. And you're like, eh. right? It's like, you yeah. know, this is like a fucking modern woman in the truest, best feminist sense of the word. She's going to take what's hers if you consensually allow her to. Uh, is there something wrong with that? I understand the power dynamic. I totally get it is at every stage fucked up. But what if there is a level power dynamic? Like, because you know, people say, like, your clients look up to you and shit. Like, I've had the pleasure of coaching people. One guy I coached, I think, was worth like over $200 million. I don't have any fucking power over that guy. <laughs> that guy thinks I'm fucking like a like a mentally ill child. I, 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 he probably doesn't even think I'm like a barely a fuck. You know, who knows? 
I just like an honor to speak to him. Like if I had that, you know, if I was, uh, you know, back when I was single and I had a female client like that, if I was, if she was to be like, Hey, I like you. She came at it first. Would I be like, oh, no, no, there's a power dynamic here. She's like, what fucking power dynamic, you little bitch? And then I'm like, oh, shit, I thought I had this. Money. You know what I mean? What do you guys think about that? I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's, I don't know if it's wrong or not either way. I really like the simplicity of a policy of just no client interaction with a coach that's nothing uh, short of professional. I like that. But I, it, it's hard for me to reconcile that with that scenario I just presented. Fuck, man. Brian, oh, Brian, you're going that. at it first. I'm gonna think. Oh man, no man, I don't. I've got touch of that. <laughs> Spencer, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mess, uh, I don't mess professional or personal. That's just my, yeah. And that's a good yeah. policy. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, medic, medically speaking, it's it's just it's like a law, <laughs> and, and, and they and they talk about the ethics. I go back and forth. I'm like, well, what if, yeah. what if? But it's like, what if? I always say, and this is this is beyond fitness coaching, but what if? Like before I met my wife and I was a doctor and whatever and I and a patient, you know, we had some interaction. I saw them for a cold one time and then I am out and I meet her and it's like the woman of my dreams. I get like I would have to ethically I would have to say something like you can never be my patient again. Uh, and 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 th- yeah, I, I, I say, yeah, I know I understand. It's a it's an interesting I think it comes idea. down to like if you understand it's real and true, then take this process to kind of separate business. Because I mean, if you're one of those people that thinks that about every fucking person, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, but if you can kind of deep down look inside. Yeah. I can't hear it. Yeah. I I think there's two different sides of it. What's that noise? Okay. There's two different sides. There there are the coaches who are. You can't hear it? Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear Spencer though. The, yeah, I can hear you guys. The, we, can have our, we can do our own thing. We're good. Yeah, we, <laughs> just run it. Hosts, hosts, we can't hear you for some reason. Your audio's no. You can't hear me? We, we can, can now, a little. Weird. Weird. Okay, can you hear me, guys? Yes? Yeah. Please. Okay, yeah, cool. now we can. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That's a star shit. I think there are serial abusers of this stuff, and I think there are people who, and again, we use Chad Liners as a good example because he's a great guy, ended up involved with a client and married her. You know what? Happy ending Clearly, he approached that from a different perspective than the guy that I used to work with who brags about having slept with 10 different clients of his and once with another buddy of his in the staff room of our old gym in front of a female staff member were debating whether or not they should have a threesome with a 16-year-old girl. And these are two guys in their mid-20s. That's scummy shit. So Yes, not my world. My my point was um, (laughs) if you can determine that it's real and true, a.k.a understand what the fuck is happening and then make that separation. I think that that's just not scummy. So I think it's just how you approach it. But if you do that with everyone and you're just kind of that one that's always chasing the fucking true love, that might be a bad situation (laughs) for you to put yourself in because you're going to find awesome people when you're coaching and you're going to be in that situation because you're going to change the life. So that could change that dynamic. But I think that you have to really, really think on it and not try to pursue with everyone. And I guess that comes down to your personality and your ethics and it's sliding I also think that it's um, it's important as a coach not to be the initiator pretty much under any circumstances. Yeah. Like if it's that situation where it's the you know female businesswoman in London who's super successful and uh, she she need you can't be like oh I'm gonna fucking spit some game at her. She's got to be the one that unequivocally lets you know shit is fucking happening, yeah. and, and then it's up to you to make the call. But I, I think it's it's, it's very unprofessional. To start, like, if I found out at RP that our coaches were starting that conversation <laughs> yeah. with clients, yeah. oh my god! So, 
so is that this is actually goes right to our conversation i don't know if you knew that but it's just like when when do you fire them and do you fire them do you keep them on like i want to marry this girl i like i want to do dates is that a fireable offense like do you fire them because of that is that good and the employees not yeah. your call it's her call okay so that's what i mean so you keep coaching her and she'd be like yeah okay i like that all right guys we've come up a little over an hour i don't want to tie everybody up too much is there anything anyone wants to kind of throw into the mix on this it's been great so far before we uh go into asking you guys about where we our audience can find you guys any parting thoughts and wisdoms nothing cool everybody seemed pretty cool <laughs> guys we brought these these three on because they're really fucking smart people and uh, they've been a lot of fun. If you enjoy, yeah, Mike's nodding his head now. If you really enjoyed this, uh, Mike and Spencer have both done episodes with us. They're great. They're two of our most popular all time episodes. Brian, we will chat about getting you on in the very near future. I'd like to actually get into more depth on the stuff that you're really passionate about. So, guys, you could look forward to that. Uh, really quickly, starting with Mike, then Brian, then Spencer, where can our audience find you guys on social media? Or in general. Or in general. No well, addresses. Where's your, ad, where's no, your, no addresses where, where's your home address so they can walk up and knock on your door? You know, I'm around. When you, when, you most, <laughs> when you most need me, I won't be around. But when you're like, oh, I seriously hope I don't see Mike. Oh, there, there I am. Um, <laughs> just kidding. That's my history of failed relationships. So anyway, um, at RP Strength on Instagram is the best. Our Renaissance Periodization Instagram, RenaissancePeridization.com, and at RP Doctor Mike on Instagram, which is valueless because Instagram is all memes and naked pictures of Spencer. So I, I take that back. It's really valuable for my alone time when I'm simply looking at naked pictures of Spencer and thinking and of yourself. Why? Why am I attracted to this? Because he's going smart. He's attracted and smart. Am I again? And a doctor. Anyway, right. And then Facebook, Mike Isertel, it's a public profile, so you can follow me, friend me. Um, I do I'm – I am active on Facebook and posting a lot of uh, pseudo-intellectual bullshit, so you might like that. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm on Facebook, uh, Brian Cron, and my website is briancron.com. If you like dogs, I'm on Instagram. Uh, that's uh, – yeah. Check me there. Good. Cash me outside. <laughs> do you like Dags Bank? Do you like Dags? Like a kind of event from water? Like Dags Bank? What? Let's see if anybody gets that reference. Oh my god. Snatch. Brad Pitt. I... <clears throat> Gotta go back a little bit for that one. Spencer, where do they find you? Uh at Dr. Nadolsky on Instagram, D-R-N-A-D-O-L-S-K-Y. Uh Facebook, do my doctor page, Dr. Dr. Dot Spencer Nadolsky. And then drspencer.com, D-R-S-P-E-N-C-E-R.com. Or Google Dr. Fuckwad. You'll show up there, too. Yeah, yeah that'll show up. Yeah. That's the real and shit right there. Guys. No hate to my prep coach buddies. I didn't need to shit on you. I just, <laughs> and they're, you know, not, they're not listening I mean, to this. They're not, they're not listening, listening to this okay, shit Just anyway, tell them no. Mike said shit. Some of them are really, no, some of them are really fucking good and really smart. But just put it on just Mike. The, they're not going to say shit on Mike. The product of the process. Though. And you know what? There are a lot of really great uh, prep coaches out there, too. And like Some of you guys are friends with, uh, hopefully, what we've will arrange as a future guest is Dr. Lane Norton. I think, I don't know if so he does some and prep stuff, I think, but give them, give them the, tell them about the five star shit. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. So we, we need five star reviews because we want our podcast to reach more people and five star reviews are pretty sweet. So, you know, let's get some of the audience to actually share some of that stuff with us. Yeah, other than that, like take it easy guys. We didn't okay. mention Dean Somerset today. I guess I just did. So just I just did. snuck it in there last minute. We, that's a running joke. We always include him in the episode. So we didn't make it work this time. But anyway, I think that still counts. Peace out, guys. Guys, thanks so much.
Shut up and sit down.